Hello and welcome to another episode of Long Overdue, a Franklin Public Library podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Sarah. I'm Andy. I'm Brittany. And today we are going to talk about some books that we have recently read. Took a little break from the podcast, but we are excited to be back. And I am so excited to talk about this book. Listen to the audiobook. It is Before the Coffee Gets Cold by Toshikazu Kawaguchi, Japanese author, absolutely fantastic. It was like the first book I read in 2021. I feel like I've told everyone about it already because it's so good. Uh, It is part of the like Hoopla Digital Book Club for January and I beat them to it. I listened to it before they put it out there and I highly recommend it. It's a shorter book. It's available on audiobook or ebook through Hoopla, and there are copies in the library system, but there is a wait list for it. So if you want it right away, you can get it off Hoopla. Um, it's about 200 pages, about seven hours if you listen to the audiobook, so not too long. And it's, oh, it's just fantastic. I like want to read it again. Uh, so the basic plot premise is that it takes place in a small, like basement cafe in Tokyo, um, and they have a special coffee. Well, so it's a regular cafe that serves like coffee and snack foods and like any any old cafe, but they also have a special secret coffee that allows you to travel through time. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's magical realism. My and favorite. <laughs> I say that sarcastically. You can't, you can't expand your mind, Sarah. Ugh, it's so hard for me to get into magical realism. So, but it's so good. It's because it's so real. And so it profiles four different people who visit the cafe and travel through time. Um, it's really heartwarming. It's kind of heartbreaking at points. Um, there are funny parts to it. Um, and it deals really well with love and loss, which I think is something that, well, everyone experiences. And it, the book just does such a good job of talking about it. Um, and so the, like, the special thing with it is there are a couple rules that you have to abide by if you travel through time. First one is that you need to sit in a special seat in the cafe. You can't move from it. So that limits who you can see when you travel through time because they have also have had to visit the cafe. Otherwise you won't see them because you can't get out of the seat. Um, So when people travel back, they need to think of a particular like day and time that they know the person they wanna see is there. Um, You can't change anything no matter what you do there will, they explain that there will be a random series of events that make it so that nothing changes from the past to the present. Um, you can only go one time, so once you use it, that's it. And you must finish your coffee before it gets cold, which is what the title is from, Before the Coffee <laughs> Gets Cold. <laughs> it is so good. It sounds like a little silly, but it's, very, it's a, like a very human story. So this is something I want to ask you. If you visited this cafe, would you go back in time? But you can't change anything. Like you can't change anything. Like so you're just going to your timeline. 
Yes. No. You can't go to like the 1500s. Yeah, it'd be way cooler you, if we could do you that. You could, but you don't know anyone. You don't know anybody, and I don't know if the cafe would necessarily exist. What happens if you don't finish your coffee before it gets cold? Something bad. Do you get stuck there? Something. Because I would. Something bad happened. I if <laughs> you're stuck there, I would prefer to be in a different timeline. Like I'd go back to like. 1800s, go see Jane Austen, have a cup of tea. But there's no but, easy or okay, easy. Okay. Meet Mr. Darcy. Okay, but here's the thing. is you're, you're overthinking it. You need to finish a cup of coffee before it gets cold, which is not very long. Wait, wait, wait. Do you take that with you while you're time traveling? That's the thing that, like, starts the time traveling, is they pour the coffee in, and you time travel, and then you need to finish it before it goes cold. So think of how long you have with a cup of coffee. Not super long. No. But also, like, if you travel way back in time. This is... You're overthinking. <laughs> Would you visit a family member? Yeah. If this is a cafe that you've gone to with your family or your friends... Would you go back in time and visit them? Yes. So, like, the first person goes back in time to visit with her boyfriend who leaves her. And it's... They break up, and she goes back in time to a different day. I would not pick that. <laughs> because she wanted closure. So that's one example. So would you? Andy, well, you're kind of sitting. Okay, well, I've, <laughs> I've got a technical question to ask Me first, too. and maybe you won't be able to answer this, but I'm not really a big coffee drinker. Can I have a different kind of drink? No. And oh. they cover that. They cover that. So oh. Are there rules? That's what Can I you put say. in a do different you, cup? Do the like people know the rules? Yeah, okay, so well, I guess for you're the, all just... overthinking this a little bit. Just tell but they, me the book. They cover I'm... this in the story. The people get really irritated with the rules, especially the first person. I would be. Right, and so that's part of it. And at one point she says, like, no one must do this because it's so frustrating with all these rules. But no, they have to do it, and one of the people doesn't like the coffee. It's really bitter. And then she starts, like, pouring, like, cream and sugar in it. And she's the like, oh no, like it's going to cool down faster because I'm adding That's right. cream and sugar into it. Well, I guess for the sake of time travel, I would drink a cup of the coffee. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, even if I don't like coffee, I still will drink it. It's only like, six hours. I favorite it. I'll read it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's under seven hours. maybe read it just to see if I really don't like it. Yeah. So and and so I don't want to spoil too much of the book. It's it's really really good. But so like the one person visits her boyfriend that she's in love with who broke up with her because he took a job in America. Another person, it's the wife of someone who has Alzheimer's and she visits him before he had Alzheimer's. And so it, it's things like that. Well, this makes me want to cry. Right. Yeah, it it, it kind of makes you want to cry, but it is, it's a very, it's a pleasant book. I really enjoyed it, and I think other people would. And it gets you thinking. And once you read it and you understand the rules, again, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it completely for people. <laughs> but it, it is well worth it. It sounds very good. I mean, it has a lot of elements. Uh, sounds like, uh, books that I've read in the past year or so, mm -hmm. and time travel, and 
memories and things like that that I've found interesting. So yeah, I would, I would be interested in that book it, too. It yeah. kind of reminds me, oh, I'm going to blink on it. It has the, I think it was a book and then they turned it into the film. It has Rachel McAdams and I guess, I think the guy was from Harry Potter and he can travel back in time. I know what you're talking about. Not the notebook, right? Think of it. No. Is it the mailbox? Was it the time travel? No. The lake house? No. That's not with Rachel McAdams. I don't give you this. That's a Sandra Bullock. No, I know the time traveler. Is it the time traveler's wife? It might be. It makes sense. It might be. We'll figure it out and I'll put it in the show But I can see if you like that book, you'll probably like this book. Yes. Yeah. I think it is. I think you're right. No, that has Aaron's Well, I'll okay. I'll figure it out. I'll put it in the yeah, show no, notes to recommend the book. But let's move on. Well, on a totally different aspect, I am talking about a completely different book. Um, many of you know that I'm a huge Pioneer Woman fan, Reed Drummond, and she has a new book out um, for the record. I am a fan. I went to her Pahuska town, loved it, would totally go back. Huska? Huska, Oklahoma. That's where her store, like, that's where, that's where, like, the closest town is. Um, was great until we got a flat tire on the way to see the lodge. The people, though, on the way were so nice. Also, it was raining. But it started a very bad vacation that trend. That sounds fantastic. Flat tire in the rain. I know. On the way to the lodge. <laughs> and it was a rental. So, needless to say, we didn't make it to the lodge because we also had to be in like a different state by the end of the day. Um, long story short, talk to me about it in person if you want me to rant sometime. But her new book, Frontier Follies, Adventures in Marriage and Motherhood in the Middle of Nowhere, um, is hilarious. It, it's just like her last book. So it's like a series of essays, just her life, you know, stories from her life. Um, all the way to like she gets knocked up right after she gets married and how her first year of motherhood or like her first year of marriage is completely like is like the worst year ever because of that and um just like new experiences for her living on the ranch um her crazy family and it's just really endearing but she's she talks and she writes in such like a way like colloquial like she talks like so it makes you feel like you're her bff and she's sharing these intimate stories with you which i really enjoy and i love and if you love her cooking show you would totally love reading these stories as well um one of my favorite parts in it is there's these cowboy colloquialisms so she'll like she writes like the cowboy like phrase and then i was reading them to tony and i'm like guess what this means and he actually <laughs> guessed right on like all of them but they were just like so hilarious um i don't know if i can find one in here yeah, I was going to say. Um, so, while you look for that, so you said um, she has written other books? Because she's known for, like, her cookbooks yes. and cooking shows. She actually does write books. Um, her, she has another book of, like, memoirs, essays, similar to this one, um, called, oh, I got it in the front, um, The Pioneer Woman, Black Heels, Tractor Wheels, and that's a nonfiction as well. Um, she also writes for children's books. We have them in our collection, the Little Re series. They're picture books. And then she has Charlie the Ranch Dog series and the Easy Readers, um, which Charlie is like her most beloved um, dog that they, she's had on the ranch. And 
her and Charlie were like kindred spirits, and unfortunately, Charlie passed away. And that gets covered in the book if you want a sad story. But um, <laughs> I would say a majority of the stories are hilarious. Okay. Um, but you know, I mean, not everyone's life is all funny all the time. So oh, I need to find those cowboy things though. They're so funny. And I can attest, I've tried Sarah's Converted Me to the Pioneer Woman Cooking. It is not healthy by any means, no. but it is phenomenal. Mashed potatoes. Do her mashed potatoes. And there are some, she scatters like maybe two to three recipes throughout the book if it's like related to the story somehow. Like I think there's like a chili recipe in here with cornbread. Mm -hmm. um, I think there might be one. But let's see. Um, okay, I need to find an appropriate one to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's how funny they are. <laughs> an adult book for sure <laughs> okay i think you guys would be able to get this one this is the first one um i'll show you some of the other ones after the podcast <laughs> um it's raining like a cow peeing on a flat rock it's just so funny like it's very like that one you just you know what it is it's, it's, it's like very evocative yeah i know but it's just, like it's so cool it's hilarious so um, what's her like explanation of what that means it's raining hard and that's it yeah <laughs> <laughs> and there's like little things like that like little quizzes or like little yeah. um like so like, can you become a certified pioneer woman oh she man? can show you, you know, <laughs> like how to stock up on your pantry because she writes like she never used to cook a cert this way until she moved to the ranch and she's like oh i live nowhere near a grocery store because she grew up mm -hmm. oh picking up her food you know when she was in her 20s just going to the grocery store before making dinner you can't do that when you live like that far away from your local grocery store right. so it's like she learns a lot from her mother-in-law on how to like stock up how to cook bulk food you know for a giant family sure. um and it's just like a really interesting because like i mean i don't cook for like a ton of people so um it's just like a different mindset but i'm all about the stocking up on the pantry especially during a pandemic yes so um i would highly recommend this if you are a, um, a fan of the pioneer one and she really does share some there's some funny stories of vlad in there too and you can just see like how different they are but like they work so well together it's hilarious so and my copy is signed Ooh, fancy fancy and i do know that sam did buy this for the library so we do have a copy yes but this is yeah. my own personal copy i brought with me today <laughs> Okay, uh, my book today is called, I have the ebook version of it here with me, Stingray Afternoons Ooh. by Steve Russian. And this is a memoir. Uh, Steve Russian has, he's the author of about five books, and he wrote for many years uh, for Sports Illustrated, um, uh, acclaimed sports writer. And uh, this book is from 2017, so it's a few years old. Um, but basically, like I said, it's a memoir. It covers his early childhood to like early teen years, back, you know, 500 years ago in the 1970s, like me. <laughs> so I'm glad I have all of you whippersnappers here today <laughs> to talk about all this old timey stuff. Yes. <laughs> so, um, the setting is in the suburbs of the Twin Cities, uh, so a Midwestern setting, and uh, he lives there with his parents, three brothers and one sister, so it's a big family. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a pretty typical uh, family thing. It's not really, a, uh, it's, it's meant to be a fun and, and a humorous memoir. It's, uh, it's not a real 
serious story or anything like that. And it's filled with lots of kind of large family hijinks and uh, other childhood adventures. So um, it's just a lot of fun to read. And for me, it was very enjoyable just because it takes place exactly when I was growing up too. And, you know, uh, he and I would basically be the same age. So it's like, you know, all the things that, that yeah. he remembers are things that I can, you know, definitely relate to. So um, it's a good book for all of the uh, Generation Xers out there who are <laughs> looking for some um, fun memories of the 1970s. Um, I'm going to explain the title a little bit. I don't know if you guys know, this, this is a Stingray that's on the cover here. It's a bike. Right. The Schwinn Stingray. Um, Steve did not have one. He was very um, envious of some of his friends and neighbors who had one. He did not have yeah. a Schwinn Stingray. <laughs> I actually, I had a, a Schwinn Stingray. And it looked pretty much like the book or the one on the cover. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because they had the, um, what they called the ape hanger uh, yeah, handlebars. Yeah, the big, and, like, U-shaped handlebars. Right, and the banana seat, the big, long seat and everything like that. So. Did you put baseball cards in your wheels? I did. Yes. Absolutely. Well, how else are you going to make it sound like an engine? Oh, that's what it does? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I guess for I'm sure. Although I didn't use baseball cards, I used playing cards. Oh, yeah, yeah, you could do that, or you could crush up like an aluminum can, like real flat, and stick it under the. This is probably terrible for your bike tires, and it just makes this metallic whir. Hmm. Or you could be clearly, like, just ride a bike like Clearly, oh. Andy and I are. I know, I'm like, high, apparently I did not biking ride. Society. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I apparently yeah, did once, not get into that phrase. Once I, you know. Heard about that trick? Yeah, yeah. just constantly. Yeah, because you uh, you clipped it on with a a, um, a clothes hand, or a um, yeah, like a clothes clothespin. Clothespin, yeah. Yeah. And to think now you people can don't just really use that much anymore. That are motorized, like yeah. actual like normal like bikes that are yeah. just motorized. Yeah, yeah, a little, and then, like, little what's electric the more. Point of the. the it's imagination. Thing, the other thing that was cool about the Stingray is it had kind of a a fat back tire so it was really good for for skidding oh yeah, nice awesome. <laughs> i did like the skidding i think yeah. i would go back fun. and visit andy and watch him skid across with his stingray <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah we had a very like slippery floor in our garage so that was like a really awesome Ooh, thing yeah. to slip to get oh, in there because you know, like shoot in there and then just hit the brakes because it was the you know coaster brakes not the hand brakes Okay. Uh, so you could really get a good skid. Yeah. And, Did yeah, your parents so. appreciate this? I don't think so very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, because there are always these, you know, skid marks in the in the garage <laughs> and in the driveway and everything like that. So, but you know, that is just the price you pay for having. It was the fun children, thing to do. We had basically. a big, we had a couple big hills by my house. We would race down there at top speed, and at the last second, slam on the brakes and see who could get the longest. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I stayed inside reading. Me too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because uh, you know, afterwards, um, you know, my sister inherited my stingray, so I don't know if she did a lot of skidding. I would have to ask her. What did you upgrade to? <laughs> um, then I got a a bike that uh, they bought at a rummage sale. It was the uh, oh, I can't remember, the fastback. I think it was called, which was oh. a five speed. It looked, it looked, it looked like, uh, you know, it looked like the Stingray. It still had the 
banana seat and the big uh, handlebars and everything like that. But yeah, no, that was, um, it was not as uh, maneuverable, I don't think, as the uh, Stingray. It had a, um, a little bit different tires and everything like that. So maybe your parents are trying as... to tell you something. <laughs> maybe <laughs> like, that's very possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I don't know. Um, you know, probably with having five speeds, it probably wasn't as good for skating either, because yeah. it had the hand, you know, hand brakes and everything like that too. So, but not to get too technical about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bicycles of the 1960s and 70s but um, so yeah so there are a lot of uh, also uh, a lot of references to 70s things now it's not like that's all the book is or anything like that it is a lot of you know fun stories and interesting stories of family life uh, back then but uh, I just wrote down a few different uh, references and he does actually even explain uh, the history of some 70s things like the Nerf football oh. came out in the 1970s, yeah. and that was, and he did kind of explain a little bit about the background of the guy who invented it and everything like that, and what made it so uh, different. And um, but yeah, I remember when those came out; that was awesome. But uh, yeah, some other things—they're uh, not necessarily just 70s things, but definitely were popular or prevalent, like Sesame Street mm. and mm -hmm. Bic lighters. The Sears Christmas Wish Book. Ooh. So the, cat, the Christmas catalog. And th yeah, that I remember um, being a very uh, intense reading experience when I was a child. Because <laughs> it was awesome. It just had all the uh, toys and everything like that. And, you know, I mean, it was so great that you even were interested in looking at things like clothes and things like that. Because it was just, it was just, you were mesmerized. <laughs> already by the toys and all the other stuff and then even clothes weren't so boring to look at or anything like that um eight track tapes um his father worked for 3m there in the twin cities okay. and he, he worked in the uh eight track tape division so um there's a lot of stuff about eight track tapes in the book that's that's kind of interesting um and and the whole thing of 3M is a pretty big big element in the mm -hmm. in the books too. I mean that's in fact why they moved to Minneapolis. He did uh, his father did work for 3M and they were located in the Chicago area. And then they moved up there and um, so yeah. So it's uh, it's just a fun book and um, you know for some people some fun memories to uh, to think back on and um, and it's just a fun family story too. I find it interesting that you guys had the Sears book, and I remember growing up with the Toys R Us book, but my kids aren't going to grow up with the Toys R Us book. They're growing up with the Amazon book. I was going to say, the Amazon book. <laughs> I got one, too. And people were fine. They were like, where can I get this? And so it's just interesting like how things can change drastically, mm -hmm. but they don't. It's like just, yeah. just formatted differently. Yeah. Actually, we got the, uh, the JCPenney. Oh, I remember JCPenney. So, yeah, so that was really, that was... Christmas was an awesome. Oh, I, just, I just look forward <laughs> to getting the American Girl that. holiday catalog. Yep. Even though, like, I knew I wasn't going to be getting much from it, I just liked circling everything that I wanted. Right. Oh yeah, no, I think that's that's the same with all, you know probably most most everyone with those all those catalogs that used to come. Is it's I mean, Wish Book was a very appropriate name I yeah. think for the Sears. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you might be able to find one on eBay. Oh, probably. Oh, I'm not that nostalgic about it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't pay for that. Oh. All right. My book is Ray Bear by, oh, I'm going to slaughter her last name. I am so sorry. Jordan. I'm going to say Eve. I'm going to have you pronounce it, Sam. Because you're. Jordan Ifuko. Okay, um, this is a fantasy young adult book, which is definitely outside of my comfort zone. I tend to stick to a lot of nonfiction, realistic fiction. Um, this is about a young girl named Harasai. Um, she is raised in this family, but her mom doesn't really interact with her. So her family is her servants, but they don't want to touch her because she has this gift that she can touch anything and get collect their memories. And they're afraid that they'll take their memories and never get them back. But as time gets older, the court of the land has all the children come from all the kingdoms. And the king and the king's son, also known as the ray bearers, will connect their ray to these kingdoms to form an alliance. And Tarasai gets there and the young son, who is the prince, immediately takes a liking to her. And he tries to connect his ray and it bounces off. And not giving anything away, but there's this, she's taken in, she is considered one of the alliance until one day she does connect. Um, I don't wanna give too, too much around it. I was actually super fascinated by this book, given that I'm not a huge fantasy. Um, reader like I'll read it if you're like hey this is good um but it's like there's a lot of different layers of like okay what is her mom because her mom calls her um made of me she doesn't call her Tarsai and how she came about how this kingdom is structured so it's a little bit of world building but it's not heavy heavy world building completely diverse characters which is wonderful to see um, it's not just African folklore, there's some Egyptian, there's um, Mid Middle Eastern, like it is very diverse. Um, is it part of a series or is it a yes. standalone? Okay. Um, so this is book one. <laughs> book two is supposed to be released in this year, but I'm not holding out much hope for anything with the pandemic. Yes. I would assume late 2021 if not 2022 because i just looked it up and she doesn't have um there's no title and for mm -hmm. a book to be released in 2021 i'm like mm. a lot yeah and a lot of stuff there was a book series i was reading it was supposed to come out the third book in june and now it's scheduled for november so okay. a lot of stuff's getting pushed back uh, so my question every time someone reads a series and when i read a series the first book is usually where people decide if they're going to continue or not. Yes. What, do you want to continue <sighs> the series or not? I feel like that's like the watermark. Because if it doesn't make you want to read anymore, then I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't read it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like I think it is a great standalone. Mm -hmm. I, in a weird way, I think she wrapped it up nicely for those who maybe wouldn't want to continue. But for me personally, like, am I like, am I like jumping for the sequel? Not really. But 
I mean, I appreciated it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I will say some of the... I had a friend who also read it, and she said that it started off really strong, and then she felt like towards the end she was trying to shove all this information. But I do think she's trying to set up for the series, so she needs to include this information that maybe will be expanded on. I always hate it when they do that, though. Yeah, like, it's, uh, you know, it was like a perfectly good book, and then to like jam a bunch yeah. of like stuff at the end. I didn't read this. I know. But I don't really want to. So I would say like as a fan, <laughs> like for someone who doesn't gravitate to fantasy, I thought it was very interesting. I really enjoyed the story. I enjoyed learning about the Ray Bears. Um, mm-hmm. Why? How? Tar- oh, that's the other thing is that all the children have a special gift when they join in with the Ray Bears. Um, the alliance, and they're called oh, it's like cancel siblings. Okay. So there's one, his name is Sanjay. He can look at your body and see your weakness. So if he's going to attack you, he'll be like, I can see like you have a bad shoulder and a bad knee. I can take you out. There's another girl that can look and heal you with your her songs. And so I, that, I think that's why I stuck with it for so long because I was so fascinated by these abilities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they always say, what superhero ability? And you're like, ooh, the idea of being able to touch someone and get the memories. But that includes the bad memories. Because when she's yeah. in the children's room and at the council while they're forming these, the prince is forming his alliance, the kids will say, hey, can you take away my memories and give me good memories? And so she, what she'll do is she'll take like these bad memories and then give her memories to them so that they can sleep. Interesting. So, <laughs> these kind of stories, uh, especially for YA right now, I think are really mm-hmm. popular. This kind of fantasy with um, kind of tribes or <clears throat> yeah, that kind of, you know, that kind of thing. Um, seems like there's a lot of those around so it's and very popular the, the children of blood and bone right series came out with the children of virtue and vengeance highly recommend by the way and that's another thing and i like those books and it sounds similar ish to this where everyone like there are a lot of different abilities you can have and none of them are like overwhelmingly powerful or encompassing because I, I don't like fantasy where it's like, you know, like Superman, he can fly, he's super strong, he has like a million different abilities, and all the other superheroes and villains he encounters kind of have similar ones, but from like what you're describing, like, you know, they're useful, they have their own place, but no one's like the all-powerful master of all abilities, and that allows it to be everyone like has... There's just more things that you can have, I guess. Well, and that's why it makes sense by the Ray Bearer, because when he connects with his council, mm-hmm. if I remember remembering this correctly, he gains those strengths, and then he can't be killed. Oh. So there is an all one, but he's reliant <laughs> on his like council. spoiler? No, they okay. talk about this. They talk about it in the beginning. So then it pulls in, because you need your council members' strengths to like unify your, it's like the ring from the galaxy, Marvel. What is that called? The the red Marvel with the, iron, um, the gemstones, he's collecting From Marvel? Them. Yes. I, I don't watch any of the Marvel movies. 
then yeah. Infinity Stone, there we and go. then Infinity Gun. <laughs> I um, have seen a couple of those. I'm not super into them. <laughs> but that's kind of like what it is, like yeah. in this book. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, it's I, I think if I was a more hardcore fantasy, I think the other issue is that I get really annoyed with sequels now, just that because every book needs a sequel, and then they get really drawn out. Like Kristen, I'm, is it Kristen or Kristen Shore? Had a fantastic series, and then it took her like six years for her to produce a sequel. Well, lots has changed in that time, and I don't have any desire to pick that book up anymore. Yeah. So maybe I'm a sequel shunner. I'm like, oh, <laughs> not going on. I mean, if it's if it's like really really good, you want to, but I mean, it needs to be yeah. like a nine point five out of ten for me now. Yeah. If I have the initial gist, and then I'll go to someone who read it and be like, tell me what happened. I don't care. <laughs> just, just read the summary after it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of sequels and kind of sequel-ish stuff, um, there, well, I'll let Sarah start out with her other book that she read. Someone was supposed to read it. I'm like a third <laughs> in. I can, we can talk to you about a third in. No, that's fine. Um, so Angie Thomas, I'm sure a lot of you know who Angie Thomas is. She wrote The Hate You Give, which was turned into a movie. So very popular author. Um, love what she writes. Um, her new book, Concrete Rose, is, I mean, I sequel, but not like really a it's sequel. A because it's like, it's, I wouldn't even, I honestly just think it's like a standalone, just like about the, um... Um, her dad is the main character in this story, only yeah. as like a teenager. So I, I believe he's like 17. I think he's 17 in it. And I think he's supposed to be like a senior in high school at this point. Um, so, and it just takes place in that Garden Heights neighborhood um, mm-hmm. where he grew up. And it's it's so, it's such a good book. I, um, I couldn't put it down. I read it this weekend and... Um, yeah, and so I actually just finished the audiobook of On the Come Up, which is, I guess, technically a sequel of The Hate You Give, but it's not really. No, it's just, it's they, it just takes they, place they, in the same neighborhood. Right. They yeah. all take place in the Garden Heights neighborhood, and um, they, like, reference each other. So in On the Come Up, they reference the events of The Hate You Give, and it's... Not immediately after, but, like, within, like, a year after those events. So they're all related, and um, The Hate You Give is fantastic. On the Come Up, also fantastic. I loved On the Come Up. Oh, I'm so, going to you on those. So I am, I really am excited about yeah, Concrete Rose. I really like well. it, because um, you're seeing more of, like, his family, like, where he's coming from. Um, unfortunately, like, how he is involved in um, the King Lords. So yeah. it's just, so it's really... All, all of these books, I mean, it, it takes place in, like, an impoverished, like, inner city where there are a lot of drugs and crimes and two rival gangs. Uh, but Angie Thomas also writes in a lot about... She addresses, through the characters, issues of racism and prejudice and mm-hmm. violence. And I think that is very worthwhile... For people to it's read, so especially teenagers, um, I would recommend it to an older teenager, but it, it definitely, it can be more mature, but it's nothing too graphic for a high schooler to handle. 
example. Well, what I liked about Concrete Rose, I'm about probably 75 pages in, um, is that, you, this is not a spoiler, but he, he sells drugs. Yes. And he's helping his mom out. And some people have the idea of like, oh, you shouldn't sell drugs. Well, if your mom is working two jobs to make ends meet and you can make, in their minds, this is how I can help. But then he also wants right. nice stuff. So he starts slinging heavier drugs. And I love this book because you can kind of see how he gets into, if you've read um, The Hate You Give, you kind of see how he gets into that store, which I really like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I really like that gentleman um, mm -hmm. in the book, and I like that relationship that he has with the store owner. So, um, it's so sweet. But um, I'll say that this one, I'm, I'm hoping to finish it this weekend. Um, Right now, how I would rate them would be Concrete Rose, The Hate You Give, and then I'll come up. Yeah, yeah, I honestly say Concrete Rose, definitely really high on the list for me really? out of those three. Yeah, like I um, I loved The Hate You Give, thought it was really good, but um, also this is kind of more historical fiction, so I kind of really like historical fiction too, because it takes place in what, the 80s, 90s? Yeah, and that's considered historical like, now. Are you, are you calling Andy's childhood historical? Uh, it is now considered historical <laughs> yeah, I, fiction. I said it was 500 years ago. So. Yeah, it is now historical <laughs> So, like, it's kind of cool to see those, like, references. Um, yeah. So, I, I don't know, I really like it. And, like, I don't know, they didn't have cell phones back then. No. They got pagers! <laughs> Yeah. The idea of pagers and if you <laughs> and have... like those codes, what does like that number mean? They all like know what, what they that number means. So um, it's it's just like things like that. I like the idea that there like if there's some information, you better tell them first because if someone catches you, then it's going to be like the race to who's going to get to the phone yeah. first. And it's not like it's not like today where you can like send a text telling someone information. Like it's all like if mm -hmm. you don't hear it from that person, you'll find out on the streets, and then yeah. that's not good. That person's going to get really really mad. And wish you told them first, and then. Ugh. But yeah, I honestly I might agree with you there. I'm concrete rose being my top favorite of her. Yeah. Right and now. I'm only seventy five pages in. Like I think the layout, I liked on the come up. But did you finish? Tell me what the plot was of that book. She's a rapper. It's about the family in there, and it's about Bree, who's aspiring to become a rapper. Which I actually, I really like rap, so I was really enjoying that one too. What's your issue with it? Because the ending, the ending there, I mean, not to ruin anything, but they kind of like land back where they were, kind of. Yeah. I don't know. I, guess, I didn't have a problem with the plot. I do agree that The Hate You Give, I would say, is probably a better book, but On the Come Up is still really good. I it's really it was, good storytelling. I thought it was good. I just, when I finished it, I was kind of like, okay, she wants to be a rapper. But I thought there was more depth to, and I mean, I'm gonna say Concrete Rose has more depth, and The Hate You Give. I thought it was more of a bubblegum read. Oh, I didn't I don't think from it. I don't think it was a bubblegum read. It, it deals with her dual life of she lives in this area where there are a lot of drugs and crime, but she goes to like a gifted art school in a yes. suburb. And she has to balance those two halves of her life where she's in an affluent school with all this, like, wealth, and a lot of her classmates are very wealthy, and then she takes the bus back into her neighborhood and has to deal with gangs and things like that. So it's it, it's kind of like the dual parts of her life. And Which is she's similar to The Hate You Go. Very similar. And Maybe that was my issue. Um, She's 16, 
and I think we all remember at 16, we're not the greatest decision makers. No, that part of the brain isn't fully developed yet, <laughs> Sam. So you, I, it's about growing up, too, and, and making bad decisions and thinking, oh, well, this makes so much sense. And all the adults in the world go, no, it doesn't actually make any sense to do that. And I can, you can see the same things happening yeah. in, in Concrete Rose and in The Hate You Give. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think which is relatable to teens in so many ways. Like, oh. how many teens have made horrible decisions? Yeah. We all have. Yeah. I'm, okay, so then, maybe The Hate You Gave set the bar a little bit higher. And so <laughs> I was expecting the come, on the come up to surpass, surpass that. And it just didn't do it for me. So maybe that's why I'm giving it a Well, you will, I know, you, you'll like the concrete Well, that's why I'm like, I am dying to finish it, but I have responsibilities. There's yeah. a sad part in it, which makes me sad. Don't I'm t- not going to tell you about it. Yeah. These are not books to make you happy, <laughs> in short. Except there are happy books. parts. I will say, usually the ends are not sad. Maybe uh, Andy's um, book is the happiest out of all of them. Well, yeah, I think my book mind. is the happiest out of all of them. <laughs> Because um, mine are that, funny stories. The thing that I found find interesting about this discussion of these books, um, I mean, I did see the movie of The Hate You Give, and mm-hmm. that was excellent. And I, I remember so. the father character. I mean, he's a very uh, memorable person from that movie. Uh, so it does sound like that's uh, an interesting character to explore in a future book like that. Um, and it is interesting when that happens too when an author Mm -hmm. goes back and takes a character from one book and makes them the focus of a future book you know um, and I can't think of any or that many really good examples but it's Mm -hmm. definitely happened where they've taken like the only one that I can really think of is um, the Vampire Chronicles with Mm -hmm. Anne Rice where she took Lestat from the first book he was kind of Oh, well, pretty major character, but then he was the focus of the whole rest of the yeah. series. So um, I just think it's interesting when they kind of grab a character from one book and then mm-hmm. uh, explore and their that, life through a, a, a full other book. More so even than, you know, like having a flashback where yeah. you learn the story of the person or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's been a really long time, though, since I read The Hate You Give. So at first I was like, oh my gosh, I don't remember these characters, what's going on? So I did have to like remind myself, like look up, go to, go to yeah. Goodreads just to remember what the synopsis was of The Hate You Give because it's, it's been a couple years since um, The Hate You Give came out. But, um, but knowing that, this could totally be like standalone. You don't need to have read The Hate You Give in order to get through this book because it's still just like a wonderful story about this, this guy. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Cool, like I'm going to put it on my list today. I have to check it in. Ooh. There's probably a whole list for I, it. I already have a, a couple books at home. Yeah, there's well, probably like a wait list. I, I think there's still a wait list for this. Yeah. yeah, I think there is. Well, I think that about wraps it up. We gave quite the, the I don't know, discrepancy in books. I can't think of a good word. Range. Range. We uh, covered a wide range of books. I will put those in the show notes below so you don't need to go back and try to find it. I'll list all the books and authors that we talked about. And thank you for joining, and we'll see you at the next episode. Bye.